They tried to warn us, but we wouldn't listen. And now, no one is prepared for this podcast. Metal Gear? This is the LoadingReadyRun.com podcast for December 20, 2008. <laughs> what? Well, it sort of covers two weeks. Ah, uh, yes. It, it covers, you know, the last week's podcast, which should have been, what, the 22nd or something? The 20th. Well, 20th. Uh-huh. Seven days before the 27th. We'll just say that it's the uh, podcast for... We'll just say that it's the podcast for mid-late December 2008. How about that? So anyway. That's fair. So, first video we need to talk about. Rapid Fire number six. Rapid Fire series two, number six. The last episode of this series of Rapid Fire. Again, spread artfully out over the course of two seasons. Yes. As, you know, as only... As only we can fail. Uh, Yeah. So, that'll look awesome on the DVDs. Sorry, everybody. Oh, that was dumb of us. Anyway, um, so it's funny, actually, speaking of uh, spread out, in this video, there is a, uh, there's a scene, the, the explanation scene with me and Johnny was shot uh, m- more than a year ago during Desert Bus 2007. Seriously? Uh, yeah, like in the other room while Desert Bus was actively going on. It was in my old room at... Bill and Morgan's place, which is currently Morgan's room, which you see in Hustle Episode 1. So it's the same room, but at that point I was living there. Uh, And then the scene of Rodriguez and Riley and Leibowitz at the bar was shot the day before this video went up. So more than a year passed between the shooting of those two things. So That's very impressive. Somebody is beeping. Is somebody beeping? Someone's beeping. Not me. I don't own a watch, so I I don't. This think one's it's a me. lot louder than that. It's a bomb. <laughs> is is it the alarm thing in the hallway? Let's find out. No, is it the spinner watch? Oh, I know what it is. Is it, it? It's in. It, there's a stopwatch in the prop bin over there that oh, uh, go, that goes off sometimes. How long does it last for? Eh, a, a little while. Whatever. It probably won't come across on the podcast. So it'll except, come across. Except it, us explaining that it's coming across on the For verisimilitude, yes. for all of you listening at home, imagine this. Beep beep. Beep beep. Beep beep. Beep beep. It stopped now. Beep beep. Good. Uh, there you go. Just like that. Wow, you killed it. Good job. I think you nice one, Kathleen. Yeah, you up you upstaged the stopwatch. And it got dejected and left. So the uh, yeah, the Rodriguez and Riley bit, we've been trying for so long to shoot that that scene as sort of a false ending to the Rodriguez and Riley arc, uh, but we couldn't get the we couldn't get into location, and we finally realized that uh, under the moon base is this other place run by these other people that we rent the moon base from, and they have a pool table and vending machine such that it looks like a bar. My yeah, my original. I've never seen a vending machine in a bar. I just like to point that out. Uh, the kind of bars that really. Yeah. Uh, Not even 70s cop show bars? Yeah. They have cigarette vending machines. Sopranos has vending machines. Does it? I'm pretty sure. They wouldn't have pop vending machines because it would compete with the bar. I think, yeah, you're right. Cigarettes and condoms, pretty much. Okay, well, maybe it's a a break lounge or something. I don't know. Anyway, the fact is it looks better than, than than just, you know, a coffee shop or a pool table in someone's basement, for example. Yeah. So it worked out well. Uh, and I actually, I actually hit that on my first try, uh, but then we retook it anyway, and then I started screwing up. And, uh, yeah, a little, little reference in there to Swarovski, by the way, uh, which was Morgan's character, who only showed up in the last episode of Rapid Fire Series 1 episode, or in the last episode of Rapid Fire Series 1 as the crime scene photographer, who, uh, you just... you got caught up with reading or something? Yeah, or, yeah. I was just so he was actually supposed to be there, so we put in that little that little reference to him being there. Um, and then we, I, I wanted to have that in the same episode as the final one, so people thought that it was over and then weren't expecting um, Rodriguez, uh, Detective Rodriguez, and Detective Riley to start double teaming the new uh, the new uh, beat cop. So, which I thought worked out really, really well. Uh, what else? There was the... Matt's expression, by the way. Priceless. Yeah, his like, little his little smug, I've got my glasses on now. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. amazing. That was great. The, um, Professor Plackett students graduating was fun. You, uh, you used a different intro to that than you originally were going to use. The scene mm-hmm. with the students outside. What, what was the, 
No, the, that one was supposed to be the graduated because you're wearing the graduation robes. What Wait, other one was there? There was the one with you with all the hats on. I do not recall that. Oh. What? I don't recall that at all. Oh, okay. I don't think we taped that. I thought there was one where you walked up to them with like a bunch of graduation hats on. We only had one. Oh, maybe I'm just I insane. think you're a little insane, yeah. No, th that was supposed to be the one that is actually graduation day, and the other two just don't remember. Um, and with a wave of his hand, he says, these aren't the scenes you're looking for. <laughs> I honestly don't remember that scene. Do I'll, not consult the DVD. I'll have to look at the... Uh, the turpentine again. I'll have to look at the footage. Um... By the way, Alex is here. Oh, yeah. So Hi. is Raymond. Yeah. So is Raymond and Kathleen. And yeah, there, there's a bunch of people that ju are just hiding and lurking here. Whereas Matt and Paul and James and Bill are not. Yep. So. It's like we'll, a loading, ready, run B crew. We'll do. Hey. <laughs> this is an upgrade, if anything. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll do our best to replace them. I'll have to pretend to be really tall. <laughs> you pretend to be loading, really ready, tall. Run. Raymond, I need you to be an asshole. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, Ray just gets on your shoulders. No, 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 and no. You can oh, that would work, yeah. This is loading ready run with 100% more breasts and goggles. True. There you it's go. true. Well, no if, there. If, you, if you wore the goggles, I think we'd be in a lot of trouble. We would be in trouble. I think yeah. that or, or if you got if, breast implants. If Alex had the breasts and I had the goggles. <laughs> no, I'm, what I'm saying is, is... If you combine the two... If at any point one of you has both powers, then the world is over. Yeah. So you need to make sure you keep them separate. It's definitely a divide by zero scenario. It, yeah, definitely is. So anyway, I'm just trying to remember other stuff for uh, Rapid Fire. Have to take your boots. Um, the last of Andrew Shepard scenes, which, uh, you know, shockingly, he lo he uh, loses the election. But as you see from the his little sign there, he'll be, he'll be back in 09. Uh I don't know what that means if we do... I'm, I'm sure we'll do another series of Rapid Fire at some Aren't point. Municipal elections only once every three years? In this city, the mayoral elections are at annual. Because the mayors... I'm just I'm, I'm just going to assume that the mayors of this city keep uh, having to step down under suspicion yeah. of corruption. Yeah, they get impeached. In the, con in the country of Canada, we're heading towards a situation where we have federal elections once every year. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, snap. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Merry Christmas. If only we could develop some confidence. <laughs> but we keep having these non-confidence things happening. That's right. What did your computer just do, Jay? It booted a web browser, Graham. Oh, God. Why, why did it do that? So that I could look up the Askler questions. Pretend oh. nothing is happening. Clever. Pay no attention to the man behind the screen. I like it. All right, so uh, the uh, that's basically it for Rapid Fire. I'm really pleased with how this whole series of Rapid Fire turned out. Um, you would be. I would be. I'm sure we'll do another uh, another series at some point. I thought it was cool. Hopefully all within the same season this time. But then that was the hope for this one, and you see how well that panned out. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, yeah, and, uh, a bunch of people had postulated theories as to how the, uh, Kathleen and Nate in the bar scenes were going to end. Yeah. Well, mostly one person. But... Yeah, but no one called it, so I'm very pleased. Hooray! Yay! Just and you haven't actually been here for talking about any of the Rapid Fire episodes, have you? Nope. Have any interesting, amusing anecdotes from behind the scenes of shooting that? Nope. Awesome. Nice. Okay, um, we're done. Really? My... Ding! My, uh, You're just trying to speed things along, or what? Yes. Oh. My oh, my favorite was. Really, uh, I don't really remember anything hilarious except for Matt's drinks, which I'm sure you guys have already talked about. Oh yeah. Those got pretty. Matt's drink actually, we sort of haven't really. His drink got progressively more ridiculous as that thing went on. Like yeah, with was... by the end, there was basically no way for him to actually drink it because there was no open space of glass. There were so many wedges of lemon and lime and. Cherries, and cherries and and whip, and whip cream, and I love his pleased expression as he carries it away from the bar. He's like, "All right," he's like, yeah. "Finally, you've gotten my girly drink yeah, correct." Like, I'm gonna drink a fruit salad. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> right, we talked about the time that I hit you. When did you hit me? I uh, didn't hit you. I tripped you, when and you it? fell. Oh yeah! <laughs> no, we didn't. One of the Professor Plackett intros. Um, there's one of. Uh, uh, of Jaron, Matt, and Tim standing in a line doing like the sort of arm wave thing and I walk by and I'm insulting them and then they do this arm wave thing and the idea was that they do the arm wave and flex and as I'm passing Jer his his arm sort of does like a whip action punches me in the face uh, which we did once or twice and didn't super work out but the one that we actually used because it looked the most convincing is one where he actually takes a step when he does it this is not in this episode this is in episode 4 or 5 um he takes a step and ends up tripping me by accident, and it cuts before you see what happens, but he trips me, and I just, 
I like do this weird vaudeville two-step fall where I keep catching myself and then taking a step and falling and catching myself and taking a step. And I go for like 10 feet and then slam into the door of that building. Really wow. painfully. It really hurt. Like really a lot. But that was the most convincing looking take, which is good because I didn't feel like doing another one after that. That was also the shoot where I found the uh, the CD full of Christian music that you probably have listened to already once and will hear again. Yeah, basically, uh, just to clarify, whenever whenever Jarrett edits the podcast, he usually does weird stuff with the intro, which is why it sounds different. I heard someone saying, I don't know if I really like your guy's new intro. It's like, no, no, it's just... It's just an intro. When we can't get James, Jer has to do it, and Jer uses whatever music is on hand. It's also and teasers. recently, I just found this entire CD of MP3s of, of like open content Christian music, yeah. so I, I've been using instrumental bits. Jer also seems to refer to himself nice as a third you? person. So does... You can't smell what Jer is editing, okay? Yeah, that's right. Um, so this past week, however, we did uh, The War of Christmas, a play on The War on Christmas, which is a real... Well, okay, the war on Christmas, I, I don't think is as real as people are making it out to be. Uh, but, uh, what it's, is it anyway? Okay, Bill, basically, Bill O'Reilly's insane. Oh, Lord. And Bill likes O'Reilly. stirring up. And he started uh, to start, so Bill O'Reilly is yeah. not Yeah, it's like, oh, here we go again. He likes stirring things up. And so for the last several years, he's been doing this absolutely crazy thing that there, that there is a war on Christmas. That, oh. that uh, atheists won't stop until Christmas is destroyed. And uh, they 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 want it completely. They want all mention of Christmas removed from day to day life because it's you know because it's secularized or whatever. And so he considers when, for example, Walmart says seasons greetings or happy holidays, he That's considers that a, an attack on Christmas. Wow. And so uh, you know he's like hauled the PR director from from Walmart up on the show and harassed them. Why are you attacking Christmas? Mm-hmm. Why are you fighting Christmas? Yes. Now, why do you hate Jesus? <laughs> I Y'all do, hate us. That's basically what he's that's basically what he's trying to do. Now, you know, I I strongly disagree with 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 uh, him and his tactics and all that. I do think that, you know, uh, he's an entertaining monkey. Well, he's, he's, yeah, as long as you don't take him seriously. Well, of course not. But, I mean, I do think that, uh, you know, uh, perhaps more recently, I think people are too concerned with 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 avoiding Christmas. You know, like, ooh, we can't say it. Well, why not? I mean, like, so many people celebrate it. I mean, I'm not really very religious at all, and I celebrate Christmas because it's fun. And I like it, you know. And, uh, Bill O'Reilly would say that you're taking the Christ out of Christmas, though. I know, I know. Uh, but it's like, if I'm buying, you know, if I'm buying... You know, a, a whole bunch of decorations and wrapping paper and things with Santa on them. The person at the checkout is allowed to say "Merry Christmas" to me. <laughs> I would I'm say, like, "Don't ram your religion." Fuck <laughs> yeah. you, bastard! Yeah, but uh, I am taking the Christ out of Christmas <laughs> because I prefer the commercialization of Christmas because I like buying people stuff. So, yeah. so there you go. Anyway, the fact is, this is a huge crazy thing on uh, down down in the states, and he's been making it crazier and crazier every year. And so the theory here was, um, you know, that the war on Christmas is real and people are ignoring Christmas. And as a result, Christmas has snapped and wants to make sure that people remember it exists. Uh, by strangling people. By strangling people. So let me think. This, this was filmed last weekend in the freezing cold. In the freezing cold. Well, we shot a couple bits on Friday night uh, before we b- before our usual Saturday. We shot the bits with Nate and Kate over at my parents' place with their giant tree it's not super effective. being strangled by a garland, which was fun. Uh, we did that a couple different ways. Uh, cu- a couple people, very good spotting of the use of the reverse shot to have it wrap around Kate's leg and neck, which uh, was specifically inspired by the scene from Evil Dead, actually. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, which uh, someone was like, was it from like that scene in Evil Dead? And, uh, yes, Ooh, it was specifically that inspired. Scene. Yes. Yeah, you know, the scene. implication of you doing that to your sister is a little creepy. I was running the camera. I wasn't running the garland. Uh, <laughs> why am no. I filming this? Why that am lecherous, I filming this? lecherous garland. Um, and uh, the... Um, the bit of it attacking uh, Nate was done with, and and leaping out of the tree was done, in my opinion, to great success with a length of black thread. Uh, I think it looked really, really cool when Nate was grabbing it. and The end was still, was yeah. still, uh, yeah, was still trying to attack him. It was really good. Yeah, I liked that a lot. And then uh, let me see what else was there. Uh, there was the Santas, which that's probably my personal favorite. Originally, I wanted to have just little plastic, sort of you know those little plastic lawn gnome style Santa Clauses. And have like five or six of them, and have them be sort of like 
weird and creepy just because the, sh the way that they were shot made them weird and creepy. We couldn't find any. We went to three different stores. Eventually, uh, James and I were like, you know what, let's just try Home Depot. And we go in there and we see this seven-foot-tall inflatable Santa in a box. We're like, what? Mm. And it turns out they're $15. Mm, we're nice. like, we could, we could buy three of those. So 45 bucks. We spent like, a, we spent like $100 on this video. Um, so 45 bucks on the three Santas. And they turned out so well. They're so creepy. They're so creepy. Originally, I didn't want to have them move. Like, I didn't want to have them be seen to move. Just always be there. Just sort of the Doctor Who reference there, or sort. Well, well, I didn't actually want to. It's, there's a lot of parallels between that scene and Doctor Who. Now that I, uh, after which I thought of, of afterwards, I wasn't actually thinking of of Blink, even though it's one of my favorite episodes. I was not thinking of the the Weeping Angels. Uh, I really feel it has more in common with one of their Christmas specials. But that that wasn't actually what I was going for. Um. But uh, in the shot where, the first shot where Jaron Talley run away and pass by the third one that Morgan was hiding behind, he turns it to follow them. And I just thought it was so funny because they have this big grin on their face and they're big, friendly, fluffy Santas. And to have them actually moving was way, too. way, way creepier. Yeah, they jiggle really weirdly. Mm -hmm. And uh, all that, that, that was all the last stuff we shot, all the Santas over at Matt's place, and it was getting really cold and really windy, and a lot of people didn't have gloves, and it was not a lot of fun. But Even even the office was like negative two yeah, for most of the day. We knew we knew we had something good, because despite how painfully cold it was, um, we couldn't stop laughing when we were shooting those scenes, which yeah. was really, really good. As evidenced by the fact that I crack up quite noticeably in a couple of them. And uh, uh, the last shot was... Uh, last shot of that was uh, Matt, Paul, and Morgan all carefully hiding themselves behind the uh, behind the the Santas controlling them. Which uh, how difficult was like? How difficult were they to move? They were like they were. It was easy. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Was it tricky because you couldn't really see where you were supposed to necessarily hide? Because I know a couple times Matt was visible on camera in that last shot, which we had to do a couple times. Um, I didn't really have any issue with it. Like. I could sort of figure out where I was and where I was being blocked. And Fair enough. Um, then the, and then the very last line was being consumed by the Santas, I thought was 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 hilarious. It was, it was interesting. A couple of people were commenting on on your delivery, which... Uh, uh, Merry Christmas. The, the other, the second delivery, actually, which I didn't use, is the one that sounds way, way more like Jer's, like, all, trying to get revenge or something. Like, it's the second delivery where he's like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's like, you you, told, bring it, you, you told me do the same thing, but louder and more audible. Yeah, and it just came out as like, you know, Merry Christmas, you're, motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker, Bruce Willis. Mr. Falcon. Um, <laughs> melon the, Farmer. Let me see what yeah. else was there. Uh, the wrapping paper, which uh, there's one reverse shot in there, and then the rest is just Matt acting against an inanimate object, as is Paul with the wreath. As is Morgan with the bows, which I, I love when it runs back and attacks the head. The, now, the shot with the bows, there's a very quick Sam Raimi shot in there. Okay, actually. Okay, the breakdown of that. Morgan rounds the corner. The bow leaps off the ground. That's a reverse shot. The bow flies towards Morgan. There's a Sam Raimi. Then uh, there's a bow already stuck to Morgan's shoulder, and it cuts in just as he flings back and reacts. Then the camera zooms in on that one. And Jer, from off-camera, places another bow on his arm. It goes over to that to that bow. James, on the other side of Morgan, places a bow on Morgan's other arm, and it zips over there. And we did that back and forth a couple times, so that it looks like the bows are just appearing on Morgan. It's low-budget and clever. Yeah. Um, it's no-budget. Yeah. Well, we spent <laughs> 100 bucks. no-budget. <laughs> uh, James having the ornaments dumped on him was dumping a bunch of ornaments on James. <laughs> yeah. I really feel like we got very creative with that one. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. Uh, <coughs> so, what else was there? Um, How'd you make the icicle let go from the tree and stab Nate? Oh, that was fun. That was... Um, uh, Nate actually was whole, uh, those icicles have a, uh, a a long strand of um, of uh, sort of very thin thread that they that you hang them from the tree on, and so Nate was actually holding it uh, uh, on my parents' tree. We hang all the icicles from like the tips of big branches, so Nate was actually holding it. Um, Rut row. Ooh, just knock the space yeah. heater over. Nice. My feet are so cold. I've been putting them on top. And Nate was holding the the icicle. It is slowly getting warmer by that thread off the top of shot 
uh, right beside one of the branches, and then he just let go. And as it went by, it sort of grabbed some of the needles and made the whole made the uh, made the, the the branch sort of twang a little bit. And then the cut the cut to shot of Nate. This is like the classic thing: is Nate just had the icicle in his hand and just went on the chest. It's it's a really really clever trick. It's um like uh, in the Rumble when um, uh, uh, Jangles throws his Afro pick at. Ice tray, right? <laughs> it's it's you cut from it's you have the throw, and then you cut from that immediately to the person with you cut to a spinning afro pick. Well, and that one and I cut then, to a spinning afro pick, but then you cut to a shot of someone with the thing already in their hand, slapping their hand on the place on the part of the body where they get hit. And as long as you cut it tightly enough, it looks really convincing because it's that's what you do. You get hit by something, you'd you'd go and grab it just because just natural reflex. So it works really well. Um, I'm trying to think of what there was some other other smaller shots, but I think it was mostly. Uh, oh yes, and then Matt as Santa. I hope that comes across. That's him being eaten f- from, like being consumed by his Santa suit. I think it comes across. What about Matt just being attacked by the the roll, just going right where Raymond is now. Both of those, like yeah. Like that was a reverse shot. Okay. Yeah. Raymond, being, yeah. were those nods to Brazil? Because there's a scene like that in Brazil. Oh, with Robert De Niro being yes, attacked Robert, by paper. Yeah, he gets eaten to death by, like, receipts or something. No, it's not. But I actually just bought Brazil for six bucks at HMV. Oh, at that's Boxing a fantastic movie. It is a great movie. So. And yeah, he, yeah, he gets eaten to death by paper. I was hoping that that was going to happen with the paper. But you did it with the Santa suit, so you you know caught me off guard there. Yeah. So it uh, worked out well. Also, Matt looks really awesome in that suit. Because <laughs> he's so fat. Oh, he was actually wearing Jer's giant. Come on, he's jolly. He was actually wearing Jer's giant, the like super five XL wrapper um, velour tracksuit top under there. Yeah, which helps a lot. Which he was actually just wearing to keep warm most of the day. Yeah, oh. Matt's uh, shocked expression is also pretty awesome. Oh, when he's watching the paper. Just that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was pretty clearly just. Uh, I think it was that was James shaking the, the the paper off shot. The Santa was James again hiding behind the Santa, shaking it, and the tree shaking was just my sister crawling under the tree and shaking it from the trunk. So. Does Matt listen to the podcasts? Uh, I don't think so. No. Okay, good. Yeah, All right, that means I can talk good about him, and he'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, the music was a challenge. A couple people said there was one or two uh, sort of bits. I mean, the the bit where it slams quickly to Carol of the Bells is supposed to be like that, but whatever. I uh, I I knew I wanted to use Carol of the Bells because it seriously is like the creepiest sounding Christmas carol, especially in the right context. And this was clearly the right context. Marching quality. <laughs> exactly. Wow, you're really up on the stabbing homeless people today. I'm, I'm sorry. That's There's all like I three do. on the way over here. Yeah, I know. Toronto has I, a lot of homeless people. Someone has to do that. They with them. freeze to death there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you, we pick you, them up like corpses. They burn to death here. You, you, yeah. you, you, you oh. think they would have frozen to death here by now? I mean, it's really cold out there. Yeah, so I think has a problem. That was the war on Christmas, which is basically just me talking for 20 minutes. Yeah, basically. But that's you, what people tune into this for, voice. though. That's 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 why you have all the Twitter followers, Graham, because uh, people like to hear you talk. I've started updating again, so you should. Uh, I know much to should, match chagrin. You should, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. I know it's awesome because uh, for a long time, uh, Matt was pretty much incessantly complaining that I had more followers on Twitter than him, and I never updated ever, ever, ever. <laughs> now I've started updating. So now, I, now people actually have a reason to start following me, so Matt's even more upset. <laughs> oh, bless. So that's Muffin. pretty awesome. Uh, I've started updating my recipe blog again. Yes, which yep. is KathleenLRR.wordpress.com. Yes, so you too can... Uh, read the Meow Cafe. The meow it's cafe. delicious. It it's delicious. all delicious. And it's mostly low-fat... Low sugar, healthy food, too, mm. which is ridiculous, really. I could use some of that. Mm. I've had too many deep fried cheeseburgers lately. Mm. <laughs> deep what? fried cheeseburger. I am, of course, kidding. Oh, Thank God. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'm going to make one of those. <laughs> we have got to do that. Man cooking. Man cooking deep fried gigantor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. You, no, you, actually, you I'm need a, a very large. 
Some deep Actually, fat fryer. I have a better That'd idea. That'd be a good throwaway for the beginning of the I, next I think we need to do something hours. like deep fried something with sausage meat or Actually, smokies or something. Actually, it's funny you mention deep that because I heard about, I heard about the, <laughs> like the most fattening item you can get somewhere in the UK. It's like a pork sausage wrapped in kebab meat, deep fried. Yeah. Oh. It's like uh-huh. you eat it, and your your heart just like closes up, like you know. Actually, I was your heart just gives up. It's just like no, we're I, done. We're finished. Peace. My roommate knows that I like to eat more healthily now, and so he's like, Kathleen, 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 you have to come see this recipe on YouTube. Uh-oh. And I'm like, uh, okay, Adam, and he's like. So, but I want you to sit down. Is this oh, the no. bacon blanket? No. <laughs> what? Oh, the, the bacon mat? Yeah. This oh. is, this is, uh, and so the YouTube thing starts off and it's Paula Dean. And for those of you who don't know, Paula Dean is this sort of, not like huge, but sort of like chubby Southern woman with a gigantic helmet of white hair. And she's like, so y'all, we're going to wrap this oh, in no. bacon. Oh. And so she's, but she's making like a cheeseburger and stuff like that. And like, it's a pretty regular She wrapped an entire cheeseburger in bacon? No. Okay. No, it's like a regular cheeseburger. It's got cheese, it's got bacon on it, and it's like a big burger. And and I'm and so I'm like, okay, I don't really get it. But she's got a guest on the show, oh, no. and she's like, and so you would serve this with po'boys and which are little like southern biscuits. And she had like biscuits, but she also had a plate of glazed donuts, which I thought was for oh, something right. else. And she's like, but you could also do. And her guest is like, we dare not. And her guest is also sort of a larger woman. And she's like, oh, I think we dare. And they're like, oh, we're going to do it. And they seriously fucking took a fucking glazed donut, put a hamburger patty on it, put bacon and cheese on it, and put another fucking glazed donut on top, and ate it like a burger. Wait, so it's, it's called... So, wait, 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 wait. It's called a Luther burger. Wait, 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 wait. But no, no, no. I, if, I, if I'm hearing Kathleen right, the Luther burger is where you, you use... A donut cut in half in place of a bun. Okay. This is two, two donuts. donuts. Okay. So this was two donuts. That's sick. So that's like a super Luther burger. You ever watch that cooking show, The Two Fat Ladies? That yes. was a cool show. Yeah. This sounds like The Two Fat Rednecks. I'm not buying <laughs> it. That sounds awesome. So anyhow, I'm almost like vomiting because of the thought of this. I'm like, that that's, looks... Because the thing is, like, okay, yeah, I like the whole like sweet, salty thing. Ground beef and glazed donut, not really my idea of combining the sweet and salty flavors, right? Like, it doesn't sound appealing to me, even from a culinary point of view. Oh, here's what you do. You get, like, a kielbasa and, like, ring donuts onto it and just have, like, a log. <laughs> <laughs> and deep fry it. Yes! Always, always deep fry it. And then you've got, you got a nice hole. you got to wrap it in the middle of the donuts. Or do, do, like, do, like, a... Um, a bacon mat, and then like wrap that around. Or just, or I just have a better take, idea. Take a whole bunch of like, um, it's take a whole so bunch of really good sausage, like a really like really long. Don't don't like twist it up. Just really long sausage, and then put donuts around it. That's, that, that's what he was saying. Yeah. Twist it in a circle. Yeah, exactly. make a, yeah, and make one giant meat donut. Yeah. What's the thing? What's the the round thing? Called? What's your idea, Kathleen? A donut meat bunt cake. <laughs> oh. oh god. Okay. What about we take? What about instead of? I think we're I think we're getting sort of sidetracked here. What we need yes. to do is take a ringed cake mold. Oh yeah. god. Yeah. But instead of filling it with cake, we fill it with ground beef, so we make like a meatloaf in this mold. Yeah. Okay. And then we do like a sweet glazed topping over top. Right? Ah. I like it. Okay. And then wrap it in bacon and deep fry it? <laughs> oh, yeah, you have to deep fry it. <laughs> and, then, and then just drive a tense steak through your heart. I, I, will, I will help cook this, but I will not fucking eat it. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so what are we playing now? Morgan, anything? I'm playing reading constantly. Nice. <laughs> Ray, what are you re- uh, playing? Uh Gary's Mod, uh, first thing I bought on Steam a long time ago and neglected it, and now I've gotten back into it, and it's, it's very amusing. Louder, Plocks. Oh, loud. Gary's Mod! <laughs> awesome. Alex? Uh, Left for Dead. Uh, it's, well, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have been playing it with me, but it's, have you guys played Left for Dead or at least seen it? I've played it. I've seen it's it, I haven't good. actually played it yet. It's good times. It's, like, fun zombie action, and, you know... If you like blowing off heads and being, you know, scared shitless by tons and tons of guys running at you, it's the game. <laughs> yes, I understand nice. that the man's factor is very high. There's yeah, lots of <laughs> there's lots of man's and lots of women's. Reloading, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> grabbing tails. Oh, right. the banter's great. Kathleen, 
I am playing Persona 4. I never actually finished Persona 3 because while it looked like a fabulous game, there was too much school sim in it for me and I don't have a lot of time to play games. Persona 4 is great. It's like, school! After school! It's like, yeah! No lessons! And it's really well written. All the characters are likable. And, like, you know when you're doing an RPG and people are like, oh my god, what do we do? And you're, and you're thinking, blatantly obvious logical point! <laughs> and the characters always manage to miss that. And this one, they're like, why don't we do this? Which is like the logical conclusion. It's like, oh my god, they're not written like retards. Yeah. So, so far, engaging, beautiful, good art design, and and uh, interesting. So, thumbs up Persona 4. I haven't been playing many video games in you the last suck. couple of weeks. Because my Xbox is dead, and I've been very busy. But what I have been playing is a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Sweet. And I gotta say, I am playing in my favorite D&D campaign that I've played in a long time. Oh, yeah. Where, basically, we're playing through the second Pathfinder Adventure Path, which is called Curse of the Crimson Throne. So if you're playing it, don't listen to this. There's spoilers. <laughs> um, and we decided that instead of playing it like a normal adventuring party, we're, we were going to play it as a bunch of upstart nobles. So we all took three levels of aristocrat to start with. That's a great idea. And we have, like, oodles of money and things like that. So any, any problem where an adventuring party would be like, oh, we're going to go into this dungeon and do that. We're, we just hire people. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, awesome. we, we like look around. We, basically, the iconic Pathfinder characters, um, we've just start, we just hire them. We've got them on, on an account now. So, you know, we're like, eh, oh, oh, there's a lab over there. It needs to be sorted out. Go, go, go break down the lab. Break down the doors. Kill all the doctors and take, bring us back to cure to the disease. <laughs> we send them out, give them some money, and they head out. And, and then the cool thing is we actually play them as well as ourselves. So, you know, when all of our characters are back at, you know, home base, whoever we happen to hire... Oh, okay. We do you do silly characters. accents when you're no. speaking at all. So is this, like, Bertie Wooster? And, no, it's, and, you it's, know? it's not quite that silly, but it, it's really cool, actually, because as as aristocrats, we have piss pots full of money. So... Basically, any solution in D and D, there's the normal solution, and there's like the Just solution pay where you for it. To... Well, I mean, like, yeah, we had one where basically there again. This is spoilers for Crimson Throne, but there's all sorts of um, these these boxes, these skeleton boxes that basically have coins inside them, and if you put something that's diseased and other objects in it, then any object you put in it with the disease thing picks up the disease and transmits it by touch. Ew. So people had put these diseased rats that give, like, basically Ebola and uh, and a bunch of coins in these boxes and then just spread them out over town for people to find. Mm. Um, wow. You meet the nicest people in <laughs> D&D, don't you? So... So we were like, well, we need to get all these boxes. So we cast, we basically went to a temple or a, into a wizard school, bought a bunch of scrolls or a bunch of really powerful spells, all jumped onto the Plane of Shadows, walked around the city in the span of about half an hour using Locate Object to find every single box because we could see through walls in that form, and then basically just grabbed all the boxes and brought them back. Problem solved in about half an hour. And... D&D <laughs> by outsourcing. Yeah, it pretty much is, but it's so good. Nice. To, you'll be in trouble if, like, the Lizardmen unionize or something. <laughs> have, have you ever read of uh, the uh, sort of um, the Romantic uh, era books by Stephen Bruce? No. I think you'd really like them. Really? Um, it's sort of the same thing. It's like adventuring by nobles. I mean, they actually go out and do, like, sword work and hackery and slashery, but there's also a lot of... Well, you know, so let's just uh, find, get our incredibly well-connected friends who cast incredibly powerful magic for us and yeah. solve this problem. That, that's basically it. I mean, in all fairness, <laughs> uh, recently especially, um, as we've gone up in levels, like, I'm I'm pretty much the only arcane caster that we have um, access to, so I have been going on some missions with people, which really got me into trouble recently because uh, we went and we found some people, or we went to try and stop some people who we thought were bad, and, you know, just as we were on our way out, we were interrogating one of them and found out that they were from a really powerful assassins guild. Oops. World, you know, world renowned assassins guild. Who's, who's, um, who's the guarantee is once they kill you once, you stay dead, and if you ever get brought back to life, they'll just kill you again for free. So wow, <laughs> that's a great business policy. That's awesome. So 
So, like, literally, we, like, we, we, we keep we, killing them. We basically go into this base. Guaranteed results. We go into this base, fight, like, three encounters, decide that it's, like, that we're, you know, we've done as much as we can, so we're going to leave, go out. Uh, we charmed some guy on the way in to get his key, so he was still charmed. So we were like, yeah, I'll ask him some questions. So it's like, yeah, yeah, what are you doing here? Oh, yeah, we're subcontracting from this assassin's guild. <laughs> and we're like, oh, so everyone in here has seen us. Shit. <laughs> Whoops. Could have asked him well, And the fact in. that we're also local celebrities actually doesn't help with that particular you situation. You, you should just buy them out. That's actually a good idea now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, like purchase the Assassin's Guild, rescind the order on your lives. Find out what the co- find out what their contract is. That I'll I pay had... you triple what they're paying. <laughs> and and you like go it. kill them too. Yeah. But that would undermine their integrity. Yes, it's like that's if you've true. been paid to kill someone and then they pay you more to not kill them, it's who's going to hire you again, right? Yeah. Well, so it's you get more money at the time. But it's bad for I think, business. I think what you need to do is kill the original petitioner and then and then say, well, they're dead and I'm canceling the contract on my own life with this pile of money. Yeah, well, the, ca- the catch is finding the original petitioner, you see. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's where the adventure is. <laughs> well, yeah, that, yeah. We've been working on it. We've got all sorts of cool things. We have, we have a, uh, we bought a host club. Um, <laughs> Do you, you, go, you just go there with like 100 GP bottles of wine it's like <laughs> <laughs> we, we bought a host club and we uh, we we put one we made one room in it we cast uh, Mordenkainen's Fortress or whatever it is that uh, protects it from like all sorts of scrying and like anything so that's our secret plan room uh, is that like a permanent spell? Because I thought it only lasted a couple of hours. Uh, we got we got uh, re- another uh, allied family to make it permanent for a bunch of stuff. Uh, you so. know, I'm going to host a party. Uh-oh. One sec. Hello? Oh, uh, there, was a, there was a brief spot there where we talked to the landlord. But uh, also, much to my happiness, I have been reading through the 3.5 version of Ravenloft. Uh oh, which makes me happy. Uh oh. What is Pathfinder like, by the way? Pa- I've, I've heard good things about it. It's like it's three point five. It's three point five with a bunch of rules changed. To, just like to, to reflect the some of the good up to make it less imbalanced. Well, no, it's, it's not even that. It's like three point three point five by the end. Like by the end of the time that three point five was supported by Watsi, the design philosophy had changed significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this basically updates the, like, the, the core classes never really change with the system, so this updates the core classes and a bunch of the core mechanics to reflect the design philosophy of the really late 3.5 stuff. Okay. So, um, it updates the core classes so that they're more powerful, they're more powerful and balanced all the way up uh, through 20 levels. Like, so the fighter doesn't get nerfed, like, later in levels. Cause... That's the idea. I mean, it's still in beta, right? So you can download the whole core rulebook okay. from their website for free. Because, um, yeah, I, I dig some of the features of 4th edition, but the flavor is so bland. I uh, I haven't, you know, yesterday I was, uh, it was Boxing Day, and I was in Curious Comics, and they had 20% off all their books, and so I had the Pathfinder campaign guide and the D&D 4th edition PHB in my hand, <laughs> and I was, like, going back and forth between the two of them. Yeah. And I chose Pathfinder. Hey, Paizo. Alex, you're just imitating I'm, a guy with a snifter glass and mumbling. I want to throw a party. I was inspired by that. I want to throw a party where everyone just gets retarded drunk. You're drinking... Whatever you're drinking, it has to be out of a snifter. You have to hold it like a a snobbish person. And you can't say anything legible. And you cannot speak a a string of words. Like, you can periodically throw mumbled words into what you're saying. In the bathroom. Exactly. Door on the left. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. You cannot speak an entire legible sentence. That sounds like a wonderful cutaway gag for something. It's like, oh, not like those aristocrats. (laughs) They're all just mumbling. They just sort of slough over. We actually had characters we uh, we didn't end up using in this rapid fire that are pretty similar to that. Yeah. Which, which we, we have some great, like, never made it into rapid-fire characters. Yeah, ones we even have props for. Um, but there's always next time. Uh, I'm playing Saints Row 2, Ooh, which I finally you? started playing, and it's rad. I love it. I liked, Like I said, I liked the first one, and I beat it because it was awesome, and it was just... It's just it's so much more fun than GTA. It doesn't... Doesn't fuck around. <laughs> it, that's what I realize. That's what bothers me the most about GTA 4. Amazing game. It deserves game of the year, which it won. Good for it. I, it's not fun. Because it's, you know, you're trying to do a fucking mission and your cousin's phoning you to go to a strip club and you're like, I don't really want to right now. I'm trying to actually accomplish it's something. It's just like Dead game. Rising. You know, it's like, look how much. Who won't leave you alone. 
Look well, how much fucking stuff we though. put in the game. Yeah, I know. Go and, you see know, this cabaret show like, because we you, put so much effort into it. And it's like, if you don't go see it, then they, you, they, they lose respect for you or something. It's like, it's I like don't want to be pissing around with this. Yeah. Then there's TV in the game to I, distract you from the game. <laughs> I, having played through all of GTA 4. Really? You beat it? I, I played it through all, I, I, a while ago. Wow. Um, I, um, I never watched TV once. And I went on, you know, the minimum number of dates slash friendly outings with people that I could. And mm. I just started ignoring them by the end of it. And the game is still, like, 50 hours long. Jeez. Yeah. So. And, and I just. My. <laughs> Saints Row 2 is vastly better than GTA 4 for three, for three words. Mid-mission checkpoints. Yes. Ooh. What about How fucking hard is it? Is it better than GTA San Andreas? Cuz that was a friggin' fun game. And mid-mission <laughs> checkpoints. Yeah, that was San Andreas didn't have them either. If you fail yeah. a mission, you still have to get to where the mission starts and then drive for 10 minutes to get to where the mission happens and then actually play the mission. So you lose lose less time when you fail. Yeah. That's amazing. And it makes sense. It, it's it more cuts fun. out all the annoying, busy yeah. work. But, exactly. Yeah, but like with GTA, there was there's that one mission with the bank robbery. Did you ever do that one? No. Okay, there's one mission that's like a bank robbery where you literally go to one side of town, pick some people up, and then go all the way to the other side of the city to do the mission. And if you fail, you have to go from that's so home annoying. to pick the people up again. And the mission itself is like 45 minutes long once you get oh, there. Lord. Yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be great. You get to, like, minute 44 and you fucking die. And then that's li- when you pick up your TV and hurl yeah, it out yeah. the window. Improvements over Saints Row uh, 1. Uh, the activity missions, like the other stuff you do that aren't actually, like, main plot missions. Uh, there's much more variety of what they are. And there's less of each kind. Because in the first one, I got sick of escort missions because there was, like, six of them. And I got sick of the pimping missions because there was, like, six of them. In this one, there's two pimping missions. There's two escort missions. There's two insurance fraud missions. There's I heard two, about that. That sounds oh, The insurance amazing. fraud missions are hilarious. Um, there's two uh, missions of a new one called Fuzz, which is you're being, which is you dress up like a Stillwater City police officer, and you're followed around by a cameraman from the TV show Fuzz. Oh, no. And he wants entertaining footage, so you basically just flagrantly disregard what cops should actually do and That's just like awesome. pummel litterers to death and stuff like that. <laughs> And the the whole time he's like, boy, I don't know if cops should be acting like this. And then he's like, here, use a chainsaw. And it's like, use this chainsaw to get more footage. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. There's the Septic Avenger where you drive around a, uh, it's a rail shooter where you're, uh, someone's driving around a, uh, a sewage truck oh, no. and you control the pressure hose on the oh, back no. and you spray you're... it, you spray it all over the neighborhood to, uh, to, um, uh, lower property values. <laughs> so that, That's so good. So that, so that uh, real estate agents can move in. I love all the petty theft involved in this game. Oh, it's so like, fun. You know, I was. they should have like a, a book cooking mini game where you just like change all the all the values. Yeah, and, and there's, there's, a, there's a bizarre one. Called, I don't think accountancy is really what appeals <laughs> to the kind of people who play uh, I mean, It's just Saint a funny Bro. idea. There's a bizarre one called the, Trailblazing where it's oh. like you... Uh, <laughs> It's, you go uh, to like this this frat, and it's like, yeah, this this other school completely embarrassed us and like stole our mascot and stuff. You know, you got to get back at them. And he's like, all right, well, do you have anything I can use? Like, we have this flame retardant suit we use for hazing new uh, for hazing new members. Oh no, I don't think I could work that in. And what it is is, you're riding an ATV in a flame suit on fire, <laughs> and you just drive around running into like gasoline lines and oh my God. barrels and cars exploding them and <laughs> you get like more See, time awesome. for everyone it's, it's, ridiculous. it's so stupid but so much fun and then the actual yeah, exactly. then the actual missions all the characters are really cool and uh the uh the, the three new gangs are really sweet um one of them's the head of one of the gangs is voiced by michael dorn and uh, just as it should be, yeah, uh, phenomenal character creation. Your guy talks this time, as it is with most sequels of games of people who don't talk. They talk in the second one. Uh, you're in the same city, so a, a lot of it is largely the same. But there's lots of places that have changed, which is really cool. So you can you still sort of know your way around, but there's things that are different. Uh, you get to pick your voices. I didn't look at the female voices because I I made a guy, but um, you get uh, sort of you can be like uh, uh, you know like uh, Fifty Cent style gangster. Uh, 
voice. So you can be a Hispanic guy, or you can be you like can a Vinnie Jones from a Guy Ritchie movie. Does sort it of have to match up with guy. your actual ethnicity? No, it doesn't. Awesome. Excellent. <laughs> but my character looked kind of silly talking like a Hispanic guy. So I, I made a guy with like the British, you know, like, oh, you having a laugh, mate? Huh? You having a laugh? Uh, so that kind of guy with, and he's wearing like a suit and a bowler hat. And so he goes around pummeling people with crowbars. It's pretty wow. awesome. So yeah, it's, I'm having an absolute blast with Saints Row 2. So there do we want, go. Do we want to do a, a brief sort of game of the year rundown? Like what we think our games of the year are? Can we do Follow a CD three. of Follow the year? Three. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was easy. Yeah, I, that was done. I mean, that was a great idea, right, Jared, I, but it didn't sustain. <laughs> I got Yeah, I got to say, my game of the year for games that I've played uh, is going to be Fallout 3. Um, I think that... Uh, I actually think Mirror's Edge has been really underappreciated. I'm not saying for Game of the Year, but I think in games that have come out this year, I think Mirror's Edge has been underappreciated. I This is the only time that I've, I've actually thought that uh, Zero Punctuation was way too harsh on it, because, yeah, there's a lot of things that are really annoying, but it's a lot of fun, and it's it is beautiful. It's awesome that he calls back to it in a yeah. <laughs> later one. Yeah. He just hates it so much. <laughs> uh, GTA 4 is really impressive in a lot of ways. I just don't find it fun, but it's, it, it's, it's a, like... I heard someone complain about the graphics when it came out, and I almost punched them because the graphics are astounding. Like yeah. it's the 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 city and the world that they've created is absolutely amazing. It's a little too immersive to be fun as a game. <laughs> it's yeah, and the story is crap. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Well, actually, Follow Three kind of suffers from that too. I mean, the only thing that I didn't like was the ending, which I can't tell you about. But I I was I was disappointed by the ending because, as I mentioned on the podcast before, they don't go into all the different quests well, there is like, a, they're, like you're yeah. supposed to well it's they said that there was going to be like 150 endings or some huge number of endings but it's not actually the case it just shows an end cut scene and every time you've hit a flag event it'll show you another little vignette mine didn't talks. mine Seriously? did one i did every every effing side mission and i got one of those you got shafted i know i wanted to see what happened yeah. it's like oh good lincoln's got his head back and Anything else? Yeah, no? No, nothing. There's a, there's a couple of key events that I think they mention, like whether you, or not you did them. Yeah. But like coming think, coming soon, the Battle for Alaska. I, which I will probably With Robo Palin. What? 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 Well, no, that's not for real. Okay. <laughs> I wish it was. Stop saying yeah. words. I didn't really um, play a lot of new games this year, uh, except for... I but played, I'm sure I, you can agree Fallout 3 is the best one. You know what? I really look forward to playing Fallout 3, and from what I've seen of it, it looks amazing, but I can't pass judgment on it yet. My, my game of the year was Mass Effect, even though it came out last year. <laughs> what? Um, on the RPG front, not a lot of good RPGs came out this year. Does anybody else feel that way? Um, I haven't played a good RPG in forever. Does Fallout not count as an RPG? In this, uh, I'm talking in this like a JRPG, turn-based, like, tactical... Yeah, a traditional like RPG RPG. I found the offerings this year to be underwhelming at best. Um, Tales of Vesperia for Xbox 360. That excellent. was actually pretty good. It's, yeah. it, no, it's excellent. I love the characters. Like none of the, like I really thought that I would find the main character to be annoying, but he's awesome. I love all the characters in that game. It's really well put together. Yeah. It's for the 360, which is bizarre for an RPG of its of, of its caliber, but um, if uh, if we're going to do if we're going to make uh, JRPG as its own as its own category, I would put that as my JRPG. What about uh, did any of you guys play the the world ends with you? Uh, yeah, I did I not. I played a bit of it. Not very impressed. No. With it. Okay. I, eh, I, I'm told that the characters get less annoying later, but it was just like, eh. why do you want to suffer for five hours to yeah, play and an the, all right and game? Yeah, and the combat system, like it was, it was nifty, and people have told me that like it's really great once you get into it. But it was just like, why, like, huh? There's too many things to manage. And uh, yeah, did uh, did not inspire did me. Did Tactics Advance Two for the DS come out this year? Yes. Yep. I am like. Untold, I'm like 100 missions into that game. It's good, but it's not like, oh my god, good. It's sort of, there's too much side crap. Oh, Chrono, Chrono Trigger and Disgaea both got pointed to the, to the DS this year. Ooh. But they're not new games. So? <laughs> Chrono, Chrono Trigger, Trigger is so wins. good, who cares? <laughs> it's not. Eh. <laughs> Well, it's if you made, even if Chrono Trigger hadn't come out again this year, you could still call it the best RPG of the year. Yeah. I really ought to play that. You I really ought well, to. Well, I've got it on my DS, but I'm so busy with other things. It's yeah. so good. All right. So good. And it looks like the port to DS was really solid too. Like they didn't. Like, they, they had some cutscenes. Yeah. Like CG stuff. 
Well, uh, to, it's the same stuff as the PS1 version. Oh, of course. Actually, that's I something I have been playing is uh, Parasite Eve again. Oh my I, god! Oh, I, so I want to play that again. I hooked now. up. I hooked up my PS One because my 360 was gone. That was back from you know the golden age of Square before they became Squeenix and they were actually doing interesting new games and trying different things. That's that was when they came out with like Einhander and Parasite Eve and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Parasite Eve was cool because it was an RPG, but like everything was different about it. Like, yeah. Well, I, yeah, the world and like the mechanics. And, the the one party combat was was amazing, yeah. and the fact that you could like run a, run around and dodge enemy attacks and whatnot. It reminded me a lot of like Chrono Trigger, Vagrant Story. Vagrant Story was another one from that same era. Yeah, actually, yes. I, I think Vagrant Story is the last one from that era. Uh, it's just really depressing that you know they're just being you know making like stamping out like generic JRPG after another. Like I haven't seen anything really really compelling come out of Squeenix for a long time. Well, maybe I mean, Final Fantasy Thirteen will turn it all around. Right. Right. Final Fantasy yet again. Also, Brave Fantasy nope, this franchise sure has some mileage left on it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a little bit I of like, tread showing. I, I thought Final Fantasy XII was great. Yeah, Final Fantasy XII that, was well, excellent. I do, I, yeah, I haven't played it, but I do hear good things it about it. It was really, so. really good. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever beat that that Tyrannosaurus, or did you finally move on? What? No, I slayed his tit. <laughs> Just his tit. The rest of us. Oh no, no, no! No, if you never actually got the drop you were looking for. Yeah, right. I okay. rocked him over yeah. and what? over what and over. Uh, right in the very beginning of Final Fantasy X, there's a Tyrannosaur that is level twenty six. Jeez, and, and it it, it can, won't attack you. It, yeah, it's neutral, so you can run by it and be like, "Hey, T Rex, how's it going?" And he'll just start eating the dogs around him and gaining <laughs> levels. And if if you attack it, it kills your face. Yeah, it just one hits you. Jeez. It's just like, and it kills you so far beyond dead that like you you so can't even. That, that kind of reminds me of like the Monster Ranch in Final Fantasy X. Where I, I went there, and I was like, "Oh, let me fight one of your guys." You know, they, I'm pretty tough. I've got like all these great aeons. Um, and he, he hauls Except that's like midway through the game. This is like the first area. Oh, right. Well, but just like he hauls out what looks like a pallet swap behemoth. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't look so tough. And I'm like, poke, poke, poke. He come, comes up and he's like, 15,000 damage. I'm like, what? Oh, how are this possible? Yeah. How are this possible? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, All right. We should, we should probably move on to Ask Luke. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry. What were you saying? Oh, I was going to say, it's come back when you've got the good weapons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Break limit. Break break damage, break damage limit. Is, yeah. Or whatever it's called. Yeah, is but basically the only Yuna is that. so cheap ass in that game. If if you get her celestial weapon, then yes. Yeah. yeah. Just like basically, basically, Black is the you, most you take, her, you take her around all of her sphere grid. Then you take her around all of Lulu's sphere grid, so you can get rid of her. And I, uh, I, I actually, I'm sorry. Uh, Wacka does have the most powerful overdrive. I do not think he's the most imbalanced character. I definitely think it's Yuna. Really? Yeah, if totally you get her celestial weapon, Kizzle. you can double cast Ultima for two MP. <laughs> her celestial weapon is all MP cost one and break the damage cap. But uh, the, that'll That's do two hundred thousand damage. Whereas Wacka, <laughs> whereas but you Wacka, can do that every turn. Wacka does one point two million damage <laughs> per attack. <laughs> but he can one point two million damage. He you can't. You can't. Over, you can't oh overdrive every turn, and that's only if you hit it right. Yeah. Whereas you, unit you overdrive <laughs> like every three turns, but that's only if you actually hit the slot. I never miss it. I do not miss it. His final slot drive, if you hit them all, he does 12 attacks, each doing 100,000 damage. <laughs> yes, but that's an overdrive attack, whereas Yuna can walk up to anything and be like, Ultima, 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 oh, you're dead. Okay, well, think about this. Ultima, Ultima, Ultima. Ultima. On, a normal, on a normal attack, he does 100,000 damage. Ultima, 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 Ultima. Let's take, let's take three rounds, all right? Because that's about Ultima. how often it takes three rounds, roughly, to get your overdrive. Everybody. So you attack, you attack. Ultima, 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 Listen, Ultima, I'm taking Ultima. no sides in this. <laughs> You attack one round, do 100,000 damage. Attack the next round, do 100,000 damage. You attack the next round to do 1.2 million damage. Now that is 1.4 million damage. In those three turns, six Ultimas would do half that amount of damage. But the point is, it's dead before you even get to do that much. Because you've got Ultima, Ultima, Ultima. <laughs> no, when you're fighting the ultimate weapon in that game, it takes quite a few Wacka hits to die. Like, I would much rather have Wacka than wacka, double wacka, Ultima. Wacka, wacka, wacka. Actually, what you do... Is, let's be fair, is what, you, is what you can do, and is what I did in the Monster Ranch, which was fight whatever beast it is that gives you agility spheres. Yeah. And then take Oron backwards through his path, branching him onto onto Waka's path, 
And every time there's a blank node, you put an agility plus four sphere in there. So by the end of it, it's like Ultima, 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 whack, whack, whack from Oron. Ultima, 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 <laughs> whack, 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 whack. And it's like, do I even, I just need two characters. I'm done. There's just a lot of whacking involved. <laughs> Yeah, All right. We should really roll on. That is true. Them. Whenever yes. we play Final Fantasy games, That's we have five minutes for Askler. Yay! Five? Oh, what? Are we only going to do quick. an hour? Well, we can do an hour and a little bit. But well, okay. well, we should do as much Askler as we can because it's Matt's favorite part and he's not here. No. That's right. Yes! I love it! Actually, I, and I specifically remember that this is the question we ended on because it, it really upset me. Okay. In the event of a zombie dystopia, huh? wherein you cannot make it to the moon base for safety, how would you plan to survive and what tools would you use for weaponry and stuff? I would like to first discuss what a, what in, what a zombie in dystopia entails. Yeah, that seems it's, like it's zombies a, have It's already... a society run by zombies that are really concerned with what you think. Yeah, it's just like 1984, just... only undead. Yeah. I, and also, like, I don't know... <laughs> Brain's New World. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the moon base is where I would necessarily go for safety. I mean, no. Yeah, it's got a flight of stairs up to it. <laughs> it's got a flight of stairs up to the rocket to the moon. Oh, okay. Oh, that's true. <laughs> There's a bunch of assholes here. <laughs> what? We can talk where does that them come in the from? way. This just in from left field. What? <laughs> it's us. Uh, oh, we're the assholes. We're the assholes. I, I postulate in case of zombie dystopia and... Uh, I would basically do what I think would be the manly 1950s housewife way to do it. To be put on my the best manly dress. manly housewife way? My best necklace. Grab my roommate's bottle of T3s left over from where he burned his hand when I was making a recipe from the French laundry cookbook. Second degree burns. He was in a lot of pain. And a big bottle of vodka and combine the two and be like, All right, let's bring on the end of the... <laughs> Best suicide Except ever. In a zombie dystopia, the zombies would restrict your access to alcohol. <laughs> dystopia does not necessarily imply like governmental control. It totally does. It happens to be in a lot of dystopic futures, but it's not an implicit part of this. I mean, but the whole point of a, of a dystopia is it sort of seems like a utopia, but it's, it's not. Busted. Right. So, like, I clearly you start a, a revolution of the living. <laughs> You know, the living underground, where you actually live Form a pact with the vampires who need to protect the last surviving humans, or they'll die, too. Yeah. Die. Yeah. That sounds like a movie premise. It's like, in the future, zombies rule the surface, vampires rule the underground, and humans are caught in the middle. You're like, fuck. That would actually be a pretty amusing movie. Whoever wins, we lose. Pretty much. Like you could really replace zombies with whatever. Just something is killing us all, and the vampires okay, okay, need that, to keep that us alive. Okay, that idea. Copyright loading ready run two thousand eight. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Have we Rolling seen that on. movie? That's ours. Three. I don't know if that actually answers the question, but let's move on anyway. Yep. And we've got to change pages. Why? I'll change your page. There we go. To one that is formatted better than your faces. Graham. Yes. Have you tried out the bikes in Burnout Paradise? Oh, balls, I haven't. They're free, too, aren't they? They are free. Bastards. No, I haven't. Apparently, there's a whole new interface when you, like, load the game, too. It's all, uh, it's all funky in Web 2.0. Ooh. Yeah. Have you ever thought about retrying the sleep deprivation experiment, knowing what you do now, to try and break your record? We yes. Have. We've got many, 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 many ideas for it, and ways to expand upon it, and very little motivation to do it. Vaughn says he made it for 40 to 42 hours. Yeesh. Nice. What did we make it for? I made I uh, I made it to forty five. You guys made it to forty six. Or, or forty seven. Or no, I made it to forty three. You guys made it to forty four or forty five. I don't. Okay. I was loopy by the end of it. Well, yeah, you always get loopy. Yeah. The first time I was sleep deprived was in the UK and in a London tube station. I looked down, the floor started to swim. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, the walls would move slightly in and out like, as I breathed in I was and like, out. Pescadios. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Every time you cross the ocean on the ferry, don't you fear death by boat sinking with no personal flotation device around your body? No. No, no because no. There's, there's tons of flotation devices. There's PFDs devices. everywhere and it's not actually the ocean. It is fucking cold and you'd probably die of hypothermia before you drown. So I would so. more feel, fear my laptop getting ruined when I... When oh, I'd be pissed down. if my laptop got you wet. Just try and like put it above your head. Yeah. It's like, save my laptop! <laughs> 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 I'd be like, my car! My car! My cats! My car! I okay, would, I would save the cats. Well, the uh, cats are in the car. Oh, kittas. Okay, because you can always manufacture a new car. If uh, I can manufacture new kittas, 
We've got a whole <laughs> bunch of questions about Ew. how people would have done in the Rumble. So we're going to go with that and then finish up because we don't have much time. <laughs> okay. So, Bob. Oh. Bob isn't really a Lodi Ritty Run character, but... Uh, Bob? As in Bob the Angry Flower. It's oh, we yeah! Did, we, we did three videos that were sort of adaptations of Bob the Angry Flower cartoons. Um, Holy blap. Yeah, Holy blap. Uh, he, he'd probably, knowing knowing the character of Bob the Angry Flower from, from, the actual, from his actual cartoon strip, he'd probably come up with some sort of either uh, biological weapon or giant robot or giant robot armed with biological weapon. Uh, Warriors of Darkness. Oh man, they'd slay face. They're actually like they're like they're necessarily scary in day to day life, but they're legit at killing people, so they well, do yeah, really well. Yeah, they're not really like a bumbling version of warriors. No, they're warriors just... who are just socially awkward. Yeah, yeah. They're just, well, they're fish out of water, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't like kill your ass seven ways. You and, seen how many weapons they have? And yeah. uh, finally, Sergeant Brown. <laughs> Sergeant Brown. He'd rock. rock. He's a bear. Yeah, he's yeah, a bear. The, wait, the actual bear from Grizzly Man. Yeah. No, well, the bear no. from our video. the bear from our video from uh, a little too human. Oh, yeah, right. Well, he's a bear. So he's got a pretty good advantage. <laughs> Knowing this area of the world, he's probably a Kodiak grizzly, which means, oh, which means he's thirteen feet from nose to tail and weighs more than a ton. So yeah, he'll fuck you up. He'll just roll at you. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, <laughs> oh man, oh good lord! So, I think we should pause it, start again. And do like an hour of just asking her. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. So yeah. Uh, on guess. that bombshell. On that bombshell. Uh, I didn't really have an exit strategy for this one. I'm not gonna lie. Quick eject. Coming holiday 2008. The war of Christmas. This time it's seasonal. And a happy new year. Da 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 da. Yeah, when we speak to you next, it will be 2009. Oh, God! Party, 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 we got party. Ultima, 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 Ultima,